Blog Talk Radio. I'm trying to get everything this way. I got some good news for you. I'll share with y'all. 
So we're not gonna we're not gonna let what's going on stop us. We're going to continue to go ahead. Those that may see me on social media, hopefully y'all are able to hear me very well. And um yeah, one, two, three. Okay, good. Yes. Um y'all are able to see me and hear me then those that are on uh Long Talk Radio, uh, I'm gonna use my phone for you all to hear me. And I just said like this, I'll just go ahead and let's count out the bag. Um, I'm getting some more equipment. I'm getting some better equipment. Someone say upgrade, upgrade. So, uh, I made a little purchase uh, last week, and uh, excuse me, yesterday, and so it should be here later on this week. And there was a problem that I was having with my laptop, and come to find out, I just found out how to fix it about ten minutes ago. And so I'm going to pick up the part. I didn't want to uh, prolong the show. They're going to pick up a part. I'm going to go ahead and pick it up tomorrow. So next Sunday, somebody say next Sunday, the second Sunday of August, you all should have a problem-free show. And guess what? We're going to claim it. <laughs> so I'm very excited about that. Um, so I just thank God for the opportunity to be able to do that. And, you know, I, I love learning. So this is a uh, learning, uh, teachable moment for me. But um, but also, with that, with that being said, um, we're going to go ahead and start with the show. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I want to let those know who may be watching. First of all, thank you for um, watching and listening. Uh, for those who may be interested in getting in contact with uh, Blog Talk, excuse me, uh, Reconnect My Heart, feel free to give me a call at 516-453-9118. That's 516 516- Four five three nine one one eight, or you can listen online. Uh oh, someone said, "Can't hear me." Someone said, "They can't hear me." I can't hear you. Okay, let me double check, and make sure I'm able to be heard on. Okay, make sure I'm able to be heard on live talk radio. Okay. And hopefully I even hear me on on uh what's the meeting there. Hopefully I even hear me. One, two, three. Hopefully I even to hear me. Okay. Oh, no wonder I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think I see a problem here. Hold on one second. Okay, okay, okay. Can y'all hear me now? Can y'all hear me now? Hopefully y'all are able to hear me. Uh, let's see. Can, I'm, can you hear me now? Okay. Okay. First of all, I totally apologize. Um, matter of fact, I had a... A music playing before the show, and I totally forgot to cut it off. And that's one of the things. Okay, good. You can hear that. Thank you. That's one of the things that's going to really help me. I found out that um, I did not have an extra USB for those that um, uh, a tech. Um, I didn't have a USB outlet. Uh, only had two for my 
computer and I need three. So I end up buying one of them uh, eight and one port. And sometimes that port acts up. And so this is the second one that I purchased. And I looked a couple minutes ago before I actually saw this phone and I realized it has one of them USB-C. I can get a mouse, a wireless mouse, plug that in. Um, so my mouse, I normally use my portable mouse. I normally use for my podcast. It's on the port, my uh, eight and one or ten and one port that sometimes doesn't work, and sometimes I don't know it doesn't work. But thank God, got that now. So wanna share with y'all this uh, for those who may be able to hear me now. If you want to give me a call, feel free to give me a call at 516-453-9118. That's 516-453-9118. Or you can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. Also, for those who may want to uh, see the video version of Reconnect My Heart, you can go to reconnectmyheartpodcast.com. ReconnectMyHeartPodcast.com. Also, I'm on Facebook under my username, uh, Brother Prater. You can go on my page and you can see the audio version of, excuse me, the video version of uh, Reconnect My Heart. So, with that being said, thank each and every one of y'all who are tuning in at this time. Um, I just share this with you. Uh, this week, I, I had a conversation, I go into a whole lot of detail, but I had a conversation with someone and it really uh, opened up my eyes. It was a great conversation. And the beautiful thing about it was I was able to actually see myself in a lot of the um, conversation that we had. And it reminded me of something I totally forgot. I'm actually... Uh, next month, next month, I'll be 50 years old. And out of my, it's going to be 50 years, I totally forgot about something that transpired when I was younger. And I didn't think about it until yesterday. And this might have been maybe 38, maybe 38, maybe close to 40 years ago. And I was like, Wow. And then thinking about how school is getting ready to start. And so I felt the need to just come on here, uh, not not going to make it long, but just come on here to come on the show to um, talk about this, to me, important topic, peeling the label others put upon you, peeling the labels others put upon you. This, we're going to have this as the, Back to school special. Many uh, students will be going back to school this week as well as next week. Um, I know my son. My son goes back to school uh, next week, and uh, but there are some who I've heard that may be in uh, the Dallas area. They will be starting school this week, and so we wanted to have this as a conversation for us to be able to help our students but not only helping our students, but also help our adults, help our parents, because to be honest with you, the teachers have enough 
on their hands. Mm-hmm. And many of the teachers are also parents, so they're doing dual roles. And unfortunately, many of the teachers are also parenting our children. What does that mean? I mean, as far as some of the parents are absent from the from the kids' life. That doesn't mean that they are physically absent, absent, but they could be emotionally, even spiritually absent. And so sometimes teachers have to fill in the gap of what the mother, father, or whoever is a parenting is not giving that student or that child. So with that being said, jumping in, one of the things I found out, many of us, we actually are living the life that other people have said that we're going to live. Very few people live the life that they want to live. Many folks are living the life that they felt that was chosen for them, not by God, but by others. It could be a vocation. It could be uh, uh, some type of characteristic, some type of trait, some type of skill. There are many people already not living the life that they want to live. Many people have put on, if you want to say the the label, some people have received the label that people may have thrust upon them. Labels such as means, well, you'll never be anything in life. Labels such as you being diagnosed with this. And that diagnosis does not have to be a disease. It can be a characteristic. It can be a purpose. Sometimes so many people have, and as a matter of fact, um, I may show it. Matter of fact, I may show it next week. I totally forgot, but there was a video that um, I really wanted to showcase. Matter of fact, I may go ahead and do it. Uh, there was a video that I wanted to show. I wanted to show, um, and it was actually by Little Richard. Little Richard, yeah. People, what Little Richard? What you doing, Sean? No, this particular um, this particular video it really caught my attention. Matter of fact, as we as we're talking, I'm gonna see if I can pull it up. I really wanted to uh, upload it and uh, for us to see. But um, many people are really really affected by some of the things, some of the labels that have been put upon them. And if you think about it, this was really something that caught my attention. If you really think about it. Let's just say, for those who may be watching, let's just say your name is John. Well, how do you know your name is John? Were you there at your birth? Yes, you were there. But were you conscious enough? Were you in the meeting where your parents or even your guardian, were you there when they named you? Did you have any type of influence on what your name is? No. What happened, we have the name that we have, and many of us, because we have been told that for so long, and then also, hey, some of us, we may have practiced that name. Some of us may have just trusted what our parents said and said, okay, that is our name. That is my name. Very few actually 
still have the documents pertaining to their the birth certificate, social security, to actually validate that that's their name. And so with that being said, what we do, we trust the integrity of who told us our parents or guardians. We trust their integrity. They are honest and they're going to tell us the truth. And so if they say that that's our name, then by gosh, that is our name. But unfortunately, many people, the same principle that applies, not just pertaining to their name, but also their character. You'll never be anything in life. You just like you just like your daddy. You just like your mama. So many people they put these they receive these labels. Does it mean that it's right? No. But just like how you can receive the label of something bad, but also you can receive positive labels. Those labels that you don't want to take off. Well, think about those labels that you may have been hurt. You may have been told those labels that you may have felt like, you know what? This is really not me. This is beneath me. This is some type of characteristic that is actually meant for being mean, something that was meant to be evil. And so many of us, we look at what we have been, what we have been told, the things that may have been said, and many of us, we take it to heart. Now, there's one thing called constructive criticism. Constructive criticism, hey, someone that may be trusting, someone that may have your best interest at heart, that may tell you some type of correction, some type of advice, and, hey, we can take that and run with it. That may be good. But we talk about those with ill motives. We talk about things that, hey, mm-hmm. How about you do this and you do that, and knowing there's not something you need to do? And then what happens, next thing you know, we end up getting ourselves in trouble. So we think about those things that are not beneficial to us mentally, physically, emotionally, but most importantly, spiritually, even financially. So with that, one of the things we have to do, we have to look at and take inventory of everything that may have been said to us, everything that may have been said. And like I said, just take inventory, not just those that are unhealthy, but even the healthier things. I always believe in writing things down. I got that, realizing I got it from my daddy. <laughs> I realize my daddy will always write something down, especially when he's going to give us some type of advice. We always see him do this and start writing you know, oh, boy. I mean, whenever we see him get ready to, you know, scratch his pocket, his left pocket, that's where he kept his pens at. He want to write stuff down to show us, to demonstrate to us, and I realize I'm following his same footsteps. And so what happens is when we write things down, we can be able to see things clearly because a lot of times what we try to do, we try to retain those things in our head. And fun thing about it, when we try to process things in our mind when it's already crowded, most of the time we have clutter that need to be disposed. So in order for us to help peeling off those labels that are unhealthy, we need to write down those things that may have been said. Write down those things that may have been said, and also, who knows, even write down the individual who may have been saying that. 
write down the individual or individuals that may have been saying that. Once you write those things down, write those things down and take personal inventory of yourself. And if it's negative, see if it's something that you actually doing or actually mimicking. If you are, then hey, look at that as constructive criticism to help you to be able to clean up some type of uh, bad trait or some type of um, thing that you may need to correct in your life. But those things that are not bad traits, but things that might have been a bad motive of sin to make you hurt, those are the things that you need to just look at, write those things down, and then you know what you need to do? After you write it down, make sure that you forgive and make sure that you dismiss yourself from those words. Now, even if those people who may have said that or even if someone new may say those same words, you evaluating and understanding who you are, it helps you to have a repellent or even if you want to say a verbal vaccination to make sure if someone else says those words and you know that it's not you, then it won't affect you. What happens, what we need to do is just if we see those words, then what we need to do, we just count that person off as, you know what, that person really don't know me, that person may be going through something or whatever, and then move on. Move on mentally, emotionally, but also spiritually from that word or sometimes even from the individual. Sometimes people don't know who you are, and so what happens, they throw darts, they throw verbal darts at you to see which word or characteristic going to stick which one you're going to respond to. And sometimes people label us based on what we respond to. And so what we have to do is ask God to help us to not respond to things, to names, or even to character that's not us. I know that sometimes it can be hard. And, you know, I don't want anyone to ever think, oh, well, I've mastered living here on earth. No, I haven't. There are times Matter of fact, there are many times, and those that know me, I don't mind telling off on myself, many times I have to just dismiss myself from certain people. Sometimes I have to tune out certain calls of certain people because I know a lot of times when their motive on good, when I already know, and you already know how sometimes you can have the best intention, but you know when you're dealing with an argumentative person, you have to allow God to set the scene for that. Because some people, they will argue with an iron. There are some people that are just like that. But just because people are like that doesn't mean that you have to be like that. There are times where you have to pick and choose your battles. You have to be spiritually mature enough to pick and choose your battles and understand everybody ain't worth the fight. Point blank. Everybody in every fight ain't worth going into. We have to be mature enough to understand which ones that's going to be profitable and which one we know we're going to win. If you already know that you ain't going to win, then don't get involved. You wait and allow God to set the scene. Deal with the individual. That means you first and the individual and for God to set the scene. So. With that, 
being able to understand that with labels, sometimes the people that threw the label, label upon us, they are actually letting you know the label that they have or they feel upon themselves. And sometimes we may be the victim, the innocent party, they may end up being the recipient of the label that was actually intended for themselves. And so that's why it's important for us to be able to ask God to help us to be able to deal with people, but also, like I said, for us to be able to identify these labels. One of the things I found out, you know, that old saying, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, to be honest with you, Sometimes it ain't the words that hurt us, but it's the individual who said those words. That's what hurts us, if you really think about it. You know, um, those that know, I work in the jailhouse, and I can expect certain words from some inmates. I can, you know, it won't surprise me, you know. I've heard just about every word. (laughs) I've heard just about every word, and I've heard just about Every uh, every word that could be said by me or my mama. <laughs> so I've heard pretty much a lot of things. But when it come down when it come down to someone whom I may have a report or a relationship or a fellowship with, those same words that didn't do any harm to me hurt me, or I may allow it to hurt me because of it coming from that person. Why? because of who that person is to me. You know, that's why it's important for us to understand the words, but also the sayer of the words. Sometimes some people can have a bad day. Sometimes we can catch a person at the wrong timing or in the wrong time. But also what I found out, sometimes it can be a miscommunication. It can be a miscommunication. And so what we have to do is asking God to help us. I, I can't emphasize that enough. Asking God to help us to be able to identify certain words. There are certain trigger words. There are certain, if you want to say, fight words that we may have grown up with that if we know that these are some fight words, Understand that there are some people who may deliberately try to harm you or try to hurt you. If they find out that you have a weakness or hurt words in your vocabulary, they may deliberately say those things to hurt you. Matter of fact, my stepmother and I were watching um, paternity courts, and, you know, it it was crazy, but... um, I remember seeing the episode, matter it happened several times, where the mother of the child would get the alleged father on there to prove to him that he is the father. And sometimes that alleged father would protest or contest that, hey, I'm not the father. I'm not the father. You know why? Because at one point or another, that mother said to me, I was not the father. 
And then that's when the mother would say, well, uh, uh, I said that, but I didn't mean that. I was just angry. Oh, so you said that out of anger. And a lot of them will confess. They said it out of anger because they knew that it would hurt him. That's crazy. And one of the things that the judge would say, you cannot unring that bell. And so what I found out that there are people that have studied you enough that would try to say words or do things to get a response or a reaction out of you because most people, when they're hurt, they want to see you hurt. Some people do not want to see you succeed. Some people want you to fail just like them. Or some people may be threatened by competition, and they may see you as competition. And so even when you look at pertaining to school, there's going to be some people and I'm pretty sure unless you're a kindergarten or first grade, many people that may be starting school this week have one day, one time or another have encountered someone who might have been jealous towards you, someone who might have said some things because they felt like, hmm, they could hurt you. Now, I do know that there are some people may say, well, no, you know, you ain't that important, but you know what, what I found out, true enough. First of all, all of us are important, but what I found out, you are very important to your enemy. You know why? Because you are on their mind when you're not around them. And some of them may be plotting and planning something towards you right now. Some people, I can't stand that person. They can think of you or they can, they can watch something or see something that reminds them of you. And you ain't nowhere around, and they automatically think about you, and it's like a reaction, a response that comes out. And it's not just pertaining to those people who may be jealous of you or who may be your enemy. There are people that love you. You're important to them. You're important to them. So I would actually say that everybody is important, but it just understanding who you deal with, who you associate with, who is in your circle. If they are healthy people, if they are people that love you, then that gauges how you actually feel about yourself and how you see yourself. So with that, you are important. Everybody is important. In other words, you are important to someone. I have not seen anybody. Now, there may be some people who may know. But if you think about it, unless unless this person is uh, unidentified, I guarantee you, if something happens to you where you die, there will be somebody that will attend your funeral. And guess what? You don't even have to know them. But what happens, because you are a human being, you're valuable to someone. Okay? Think about this. Let's just say you go to the grocery store or you go to the um, you go to court. And if you notice, sometimes when you go towards the door, it, some some places and they count, they count how many people came in. Even if you go to Walmart, you walk in. If you walk in, even without purchasing anything, you are valuable. You know why? Let's just say you purchase one item while everybody else in the store have a whole basket full of stuff. 
but you just have one item. Don't you know you're just as important with that one item as everybody else that may have a whole basket full of groceries? Yes, you. What I found out, and this is, this is a little something off the side. What I found out years ago, I had a conversation with someone that was affiliated with Walmart, and this may be the same principle now. But what he told me, he said, "Do you have you noticed if you go to Walmart, it's all the same temperature?" And I said, hmm, "I never thought about it like that." Now this was back in the early 2000s that he shared this with me. He said, have you noticed that it's consistent in every Walmart that changes the temperature? I said, I never thought about it like that. He said, let me tell you why. He said, Walmart is in a national data bank where based upon the people that's in the stores, they calculate by the register, by um, how constant the cash register are. It kind of determines how many people are in the store. And so what they do, gauging, they're kind of estimating how many people in the store based upon the uh, the cash register, the, uh, the exchanges and stuff. They have it set at a certain temperature at the, if you want to say at the headquarters, at the headquarters. And then if they have this much traffic, then they know that automatically they have to wrap up the air conditioner even more because it's more people in this one versus that. So if you think about it, you are a part of a data to make sure that the temperature is appropriate for your and others' consumption. Hmm. So that's something to think about. When I say consumption, that means you eating, you're enjoying, even if you just going there to get your nails done. You are important. You are important. And so we have to understand that, you know, it's so important for us to esteem, not just esteem others, but also esteeming our children, esteeming ourselves. Um, I'm, I'm going to see if I can go ahead and um, find this. Um, and I, and I apologize for the audio. Um, I apologize for the audio. Um, well, not, not on the audio, but the um, video. I really wanted to have this shown. I really wanted to have this shown. Um, oh, here it is. I really wanted to have this shown. Uh, but hopefully, hopefully um, y'all can even see it. So I'm, I'm going to be talking while I'm setting this up. But... It's so important for us to esteem our, our family, esteem our children, because you know you don't know the impact, you don't know the the you don't know the long term effects that your words, your actions will have on people. So it's so important for us to understand that words have life. And sometimes those words that have life, they have value because we put value, a lot of times we put value on words based upon who you are to us. And so what I'm going to do um, is setting up now, I found the video. But this is actually a video of Little Richard 
and he's on the Donnie and Marie Osman talk show. And what he's doing, he's talking about his upbringing. Now, at the time, this was a grown man. He talked about his upbringing. And um, here it is. Okay. He talked about his upbringing. And there's an episode. Matter of fact, I'm just going to go ahead and just uh, play it. I'm going to see if I can... um, let me see if I can go ahead and uh, play a little bit of it right quick. Okay. What happened was um, he's being interviewed, and Marie Osmond asked if there was a clip in a movie that was based upon his life. There was a scene that transpired, and she asked if that was true, and he said yes. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to show y'all the interview where he's leading up to that segment. And I want y'all to see the segment. But the most important thing is not just the segment, but what happens after the segment. He's going to talk about how it affected him. And this was when he was a kid when this transpired. And now this is a grown man. And I believe he was in his 70s when this interview um happens. So I'm gonna go ahead and uh I'm gonna keep on going get on here now. She wasn't black. She was a black NBA. Okay. Know. Shut up. She was playing my dad for giving people she said she called him dad. Okay. I'm gonna see if I go ahead. Okay. Okay. You know, um he's he's talking about like I say he's talking about his uh, upbringing. And this part right here now, he's speaking where his mother, his mother is trying to take up for him. His mother is talking and pleading with his father, her husband, with his father to tell him, please stop beating on him. Please stop mistreating him. I'm going to go ahead and play this right now. First of all, 
we that are supposed to be mature, we have to be mindful of who we deal with and how we deal with people. But then also, even with those words, you know, it's easy for us to, you know, tell if he was here, tell little Richard, oh, he didn't know what he was talking about, but this was his own father. <laughs> now, you know, now we can look at it now and understand that that was abuse. But when you look back then, there was a different time frame, and the understanding that we have now is different than what was going on then. So with us being parents, we have a responsibility. The Bible tells us to train up a child. Now, I know many churches and many parents, they will often tell the kids, especially in the Bible, coming from the Bible, we can tell them in church, we can tell them at the home. The Bible says a disobedient child days to be short. That is scripture, yes. But they read that scripture for how they get amnesia when it comes down to reading on down in the verse where it talks about the parents' responsibility of respecting the children. And so what we have to understand also with that responsibility, we as parents, we need to make sure that we esteem our children. So the Bible tells us, when we say train up a child, that means that we need to look at their interests, look at their interests, and bring those things that God has invested into them, bring them out. Don't you know God has invested into us gifts and talents? And we're not just talking about gifts as far as uh, talent for playing basketball, but we're talking about spiritual gifts. It is our responsibility to look and to examine our children because what if you're raising the next bishop or a future bishop or future apostle or future doctor or the future president? You know, uh, I, I was looking at um, – I, I do not know this person's name. I'm not a real uh, big basketball player, uh, basketball uh, watcher, but it just so happened. Two players that come to mind, the first player people know about was Shaquille O'Neal and how he was raised by his stepfather. And he ended up making a song called Cause My Biological Didn't Bother. He esteemed his and acknowledged his stepfather as his real father. He acknowledged his stepfather as his step-up father because his biological father didn't bother to be in his life or chose not to be in his life until he got older. So that, and then also there was a basketball player, uh, it was a video I saw actually this morning I ran into, and the video showed that this basketball player was wanting to meet his biological father. But because he ended up playing in the uh, playoffs, he had the playoffs he had to play, he didn't get a chance to meet up with his biological father. Well, during the course of him being in the playoffs, his biological father died. So he finally got a chance to be with his biological father at his biological father's funeral. So in other words, he got a chance to see his biological father but didn't get a chance to interact with his biological father at his own funeral. And so you think about, think about 
what may be transpired in a person's mind. Matter of fact, we've often seen, like I say, even on paternity court, you know, you see that show and you see where the child is yearning to know their biological father. And sometimes it might be some of the biological mothers that may be saying, well, you know, you don't even worry about that. I got you. You don't, you know, I don't need no help. You don't need to know. You don't need uh, your father. Well, yes, she does. He or she does. And so with these words, with these actions that may have transpired, God is trying to help us to be able to have those, what, those labels. There are some people may say that, you, like I said, you never be anything. You're just like your father. You know, um, you may come in a com- you may come from a community that it seemed like every young person may have been incarcerated or have some type of legal action pinned against them. But just because it happened to them does not mean that it has to happen to you. You don't have to have that label. You don't have to. Meet. You don't have to be in that quote unquote that ratio of it's going to happen to you. That statistic, that data, does not have to apply to you. Matter of fact, um, you often hear sometimes some people may say, "Well, you know, um, they accused me of cheating, so I just went on and did it." But just because they accuse you of something, does not mean that you have to adhere to it. You have to. Follow what someone say, or follow every accusation that was that was thrown upon you. So, with that being said, look at these look at these things that people have said about you. Look at these things and look at it as, hmm, this is a teachable moment for me for me not to listen to or accept what was said, but also. with that person that I spoke to the other day, they said that they were diagnosed with something, and or they were labeled. Excuse me, I just said it. They were labeled with something, but this person was labeled with something at the age of a minor. But now this person is going to be thirty years old. So in other words, during that time, just because you were labeled in this area, in this particular part of your life, does not mean that you have to still keep that label. What we have to do when labels are thrust upon us, and we're not talking about those that are bad or negative. We'll say those that we do not want to accept. We don't want to receive. What we need to do is do research to make sure even if it's something that we are in, if it's some type of label that, hey, a diagnosis, hey, yeah, I have, they, they said I had this, but I'm going to choose to not allow this to have me. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to do healthy steps. Let's just say if I'm uh, labeled obese, overweight, okay, well, medically or statistically, I may fit that bill. But this does not mean that I have to stay at that label. What I have to do is look at what steps I'm going to do to walk out of that label. What steps I'm going to do to be delivered from that label. What I would do is exercise, eat a balanced meal, proper dieting, proper rest, and also make sure 
to I take inventory of everything that I do not need to take or partake in that will promote obesity. These are some steps that you can do that will help you. So with that, what I was going to bring up, and this is something that, um, like I said, I didn't think about it until a couple of uh, things was yesterday. Yesterday when I was talking to a particular person, and as that person was talking to me, it reminded me of something when I was a kid. And I, I hadn't shared this because I totally forgot about it. But when I was in school, I really wasn't a good student, not because I was a troublemaker, but because of my understanding of what they were trying to teach me. You know, each person learns differently. There are people that learn just quickly, but there are some people they might be distracted. There are some people they don't comprehend because they may be not as focused as others, or they're trying to make sure that they get it. Me, I'm the type of person, I like to make sure. It's like my mind is like a spider, and the spider is like, they just say the spider is on his tail, and it's spreading out its legs to make sure to try to gather everything from every angle. That's me. Cause I want to make sure that I understand so I can understand the principle. It's just like I understand the principle of seven times two or nine times three, not because I can remember everything in detail pertaining to one times one or one times seven. Oh, no, what I understand, I understand the principle of multiplication. And I also understand the principle of multiplication or multiplying times seven or times nine or times five. And so what I do, I understand the principle. So that way when I have a problem of multiplying that may involve seven, because I understand the principle, now I can automatically get the answer. Even with music, um, somebody may say, well, hey, do a G minor chord. Well, I understand what a G minor chord is because I know the formula of minor. I know the formula of major. So, like I said, me, in my mind, I understand formulas. That's how I'm able to now, because I understand, I'm able to comprehend certain things. So with that being said, I didn't I didn't know that about myself until I became an adult. And so when I was in school, they labeled me, oh, he's stupid. They labeled me slow. Number one, what didn't what didn't help my case was I wasn't a talker. I didn't like to talk. A certain time I talked, and that was when I had my sister. That was it. I had my sister or me entertaining. I always watched Benny Hill, so people always wanted me to mimic Benny Hill. But other than that, as far as talking, I did not talk unless I had my sister. So because I didn't talk much, some of them thought I was a mute or I was dumb, and then also my understanding. 
and another thing I didn't like to talk because I had a high pitched voice. And, it's, and that was before puberty. <laughs> and so with that, they put me in um, reading improvement class. They was okay. They gave me a test. Okay, well let let let's see if we can let's see if we can uh see how his understanding is. So they put me in reading improvement. And then because I didn't talk, I didn't exercise my voice. I didn't exercise communication. Then they put me in. Uh, um, speech, speech class. They put me in speech class, and like I said, me being a kid, I didn't have to talk. Long as I had my sister, she, and she was younger than me, <laughs> she can speak for me. So all these things transpired, and that was when I was a kid. And I get this, and I like I said, I totally forgot all about this until yesterday. But the flip part about it, as an adult, and matter of fact, my training officer, uh, we communicate pretty often. She will remind me, and also um, when I started at the sheriff department, they would always say on my evaluation, I need to verbally speak up. And then I had a lieutenant. I had a lieutenant, and I was working with him for five months. On the fifth month, I walk. I never forget. I walked by him. He was with some other people, and I said, "Do y'all want anything for breakfast?" He said, "Whoa, you talk." And I said, "Yes." <laughs> that was all I said. He said, "I thought that they had hired some special Olympic to work up here," and everybody started laughing. He wasn't laughing. He was serious because I didn't say much. And so the reason, one, uh, as an adult, one of the things, that will, and I have to add this on to even as a kid, one of the things I always learned was the ability to listen. So when I was always around wise people, seasoned people, wise, even if they were younger than me, seasoned older people, I always know how to shut up and listen. Shut up, listen, and mimic. Shut up, listen, and mimic. But because I understood that, they didn't know that about me. And so I could have kept that label of, well, you in you in a, 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 a reading improvement. You you gonna be a failure. Even when I they would have me to read in school, they were reading in school and they were trying to help me to read fast, and so they had me to read. And as I'm reading, they would hurry up and cover up the word, and I'm like, I can't finish. I can't even finish the line, much less the paragraph. And I had many people laughing at me, even when I was uh, in English class. They would laugh. Now, my grades were good because when it come down to formulating sentences, in words, I was a student of words. It just being able to just read, and also I used to have like a panic attack when I had to read. I hated to read because number one, my voice, but then also me not talking much in public. I really couldn't feel comfortable talking around people I did not know or trust. 
So years later, look at where I'm at. <laughs> God has a sense of humor. I'm live on the show, audio and video podcast, where I'm speaking in front of people, but also not just speaking, but I'm being I'm being me. Sometimes I think faster than I can speak. Sometimes it's so much in me. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night writing, or sometimes I can't write fast enough, so I have to grab my phone and speak into it, so that way I can have my phone to retain it so I can go back to sleep. And then once I wake up, I can go ahead and jot it down. But the same one that says, you can't read, you'll never be anything, One, two, and these are the ones in the public. Here are my books with my name and my face on there. Like I said, these are the ones that are published. I have some more hidden. I have notes. I have drafts of books right where I'm looking at it. And let's just say, if I'm able to live a hundred years, it's enough where I can write, I can put out a book a year. I want you to know that you don't have to you don't have to pick up on whatever people put upon you. You don't have to allow that to be your identification. That does not have to be your ID. The most important thing is for you to understand who you are. And so as you get ready to go to school, those that may be students who may be preparing themselves, true enough, there may be some people who may try to come to you to try to size you up physically, emotionally, mentally, but most importantly, spiritually. There may be some people that may be at work. Well, there's going to be some, I found out when you're doing something in life, when you're going somewhere, and when you're in the rhythm that God placed you to be in, I found that expecting accusation. Expecting accusation. You know, one of one of the things I found that it's not what a person says about you, but it's how you respond to what they said about you. And I'm learning. I'm learning. Do I know everything? No, I don't. But I'm learning. And so with that, asking God to help us to not respond when he does not want us to respond, and only respond to what he wants us to respond to. Everything don't need a response. Everything does not need a response. Everything does not need our feedback. I understand that the value of your words depends upon the use and the time that you place it in. If you continue to always talk, always have a response for everything to everybody, then it depreciates the meaning of your words and sometimes the meaning of you. I guess if you want to say the meaning of you based upon the person that you're communicating with. These are something that we have to think about. Everything doesn't need a response. You don't have to have the last word but you can have the best word. The best word can be what? The power of silence. Sometimes even just you walking away. I found that it can really agitate somebody when 
they want you to respond. They say something, and they realize, hey, I know this will hurt them, and bam, they say that, and guess what? There's no response. So with that, what I found out, even when you deal with people who deliberately say things that hurt you, one of the things I found out, and this is something that really helped me, God is not going to remove that button. You know that button that people be pushing to make you act up, to make you respond, to make you act a fool? God is not going to remove that button. And he does not want to remove that button. That sounds so unfair. But how would God get the glory if he removed the button? I found out oftentimes he has another method. He does not want to remove that button because there will be no testimony. The greater testimony is keeping that button there, but he deactivates the button from within. Think about it. You used to respond when people said certain things. And so if he removed that person, then all it's gonna mean all it's gonna mean is someone else may say that word. Or that word doesn't bother you anymore, but they may find another word to say and then they'll get the response of what they originally had when you first had that first word. So what he would do, he would oftentimes leave that button but deactivate it where now they say those words and there's no response. They say those words and they dig and they press even harder and you don't respond. But wait a minute. You were the same person that used to respond. Oh, you used to cut somebody out if they said something. But now... I say those same words and I don't get that reaction that I had at first. Something ain't right. Maybe maybe they didn't hear me. Rah, 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 press. There's no response. And now what happens? Now the person that was pressing no button now, they don't have any power over you. So now what happens? They don't have power over you. Now you got power. You put them in God's hands. And now what used to hurt you don't hurt you anymore. Now you can laugh at what used to make you cry. You can smile what used to make you frown. Now you can, hmm, you can go on with your life when at one point people used to imprison you. So, that's why God wants us to be able to overcome whatever stigma, whatever label, because if he didn't give it to you, you don't have to take it. Remember, God always has to last say something. God has your identity, not man. God has who you are. For most importantly, do you know who you are in God? Do you know who you are to yourself? That's one thing that God is trying to help us to be aware of. Who are we to him, not to them? Who are we to him? That's what matters. If you're doing what you're supposed to, God will help you to keep your focus on him and not them. Now, true enough, there may be some people that 
I'll say it like this. There may be some people that may be in your life that you may have to exercise out of your life based upon their behavior. That doesn't mean that you don't love them. And we have to ask ourselves, did God assign us to them? Did God assign them to us? Think about it. If God assigns people to us, there will be what? There will be peace. There will be confirmation. But sometimes we assign people to us that God did not authorize for us. And I'm not just talking about dating and relationship or marriage. No, we can talk about fellowship, friendship. These are the things we have to understand. So let's not look at just, well, you know, uh, date, uh-uh. No, because to be, be honest with you, there are some people, because we have good intentions, and you have the best interest at heart, does not mean that they have your best interest at heart. So understand, things have to be reciprocated. Things that are of God, that, that are God-driven, God-ordained, there are no confusion, there is no mess. God is not the author of confusion. But if there is confusion, then that means that it was not sent by God or authorized by God. So we have to be mature enough to spiritually sense that, to see that, and acknowledge if it's not of God, hey, quit blaming God and quit blaming the devil for things that you're doing for yourself or you took upon yourself to do. And I know because, hey, just because somebody saved, look here, just because somebody say they saved or whatever like that, you still need to evaluate. So many times we allow ourselves to be hurt because we let our guards down. We let our guard down based on what someone says that they are instead of watching how they are or who they are. So let that be a teachable moment for you to evaluate the people that you receive a label from. If you receive a label, matter of fact, I'll say it like this. Think about you being at a grocery store. You working at a grocery store. You were the owner of that grocery store. And you about, and this is back in the day, we used to, before they uh, used the barcodes to scan the grocery, they used to put tags on there and it had the price on there. Well, you about to buy something. The tag says $2. But somebody else trying to do a prank to put $20 on there. Uh-uh. Are you, even though somebody put that bogus tag on there, that bogus label saying it's going to be $20 when you know it's $2, are you going to pay that $20? No. You need to pay that $2. First, what you need to do, is make sure you speak to the supervisor because if they putting $20 on this that's causing, costing $2, then what if they're doing the same thing to somebody else? So you tell the store manager, and in our spiritual sense, the store manager is God Almighty, say, hey, look here, this person right here, this person putting bogus prices on every item around here to try to scam somebody out of money, to scam somebody out of currency. So with you, there are people that may be trying to scam you out of the emotional, out of the spiritual, out of the mental currency that you have upon yourself. Don't let them do that. You value yourself. You should know who you are. And if you don't know you who you are, then you know what? It's okay to admit you don't know who you are. Now, 
talk to God. Tell God you don't know, but most importantly, tell God to teach you about him. As he teach you about him, then he's going to show you who you are in him. But you cannot understand who you are in him if you don't know who he is. So God wants you to know who he is, understanding how much he is to you. And he's going to reveal to you how much you are to him. So with that being said, you know, we're going to take the time for us to be able to also, like I said, acknowledge the beginning of school coming up. And as we get ready to pray, we're going to be praying for those who may have, who may have had to take the label, peel the label off of them, the label, however it was put upon you. If somebody mistreated you, if somebody treated you, called you out of your name, uh, did things that were ungodly, put some type of false label, false accusation upon you, asking out to help you to have that pill off, but also implement forgiveness. Because that forgiveness is not so much for them, but that forgiveness is for you to keep yourself clean. Also, we're going to be praying for God to set the scene for the school, you know, it's been so many school shootings as of late. It seems like people now are just so angry. We should not have our children going to school and them being in fear at home. But we understand, for those who are parents, thank God that my child, my, not that my child, but my son, I remember I was looking at some old videos and he was, you know, he was, a small little kid, I used to have him on my lap. Now, this dude, you know, he, he, matter of fact, when I hug him, he could put his head on my shoulder. I'm like, man. But when I see him, I smile. I, matter of fact, um, I told him yesterday, you know, when I see him now, see him working and everything, I was seeing him looking at him, stick my chest out. Stick my chest out. Proud of him. And I want to make sure that I let him know how important he is to me, but also most want to how important he is to God. And I'll say this. He'll be 18 next year. Next November, he'll be 18. And one of the things I always tell him, because um, I've, I've been doing this ever since he was small, I always pray whenever I get my tithes and offerings, I put down what seeds I'm planting for, and I put down for my I put down you know, seeds of uh, um, deeper discernment, uh, purpose being done, wholeness, uh, better time management, uh, being a good steward, a better steward. But when I pay it, I put I'm paying it on uh, it's representing myself, my future wife, my son, or other children, and being their spouse. So right now, I'm praying for my son's wife. I'm praying, and I'm, I, I told him a couple months ago, I'm praying for his future wife. I'm praying for his future children. I'm praying for God to navigate him, send him to the right woman, the right lady, that is believing commitment, that, number one, love God, and that's going to respect God's son. I'm raising somebody's future husband, 
And so I know I have to be careful in what I say because I don't want to break his spirit. Now, as a parent, we may have to break their will, but we don't have to break their spirit. And so with my son going to be somebody's future husband, you have to think about even with yourself. You got to think about if you have children, you got to think about say these things. I can't stand when I see adults cussing at their children. Now you may say cuss words, but you don't, the kids the kids don't need to hear that. Matter of fact, I was looking up yesterday, and there was a law. There was a law. Uh, I believe it was just in I believe it was in the state of Texas, but there was a law where you really not supposed to curse in front of a minor. So we have to be very, very, very careful in what we say because we can we can hurt, we can damage our children. And so with that, we want to pray against every foul act that they may try to implement, may try to plan. Not just in this school year, but in the school years to come. First of all, if you have any um, issues, if you have any prayer requests, we're going to give them up to God right now. Just in case someone who may be watching may not be saved, Romans 10 and 9 tells us that thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior and believe in the heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Be, I tell people all the time, being saved, it ain't hard. It's, it's really not hard. Being saved, doing the right thing, it ain't really hard. It's really not. The thing is, sometimes we're so used to foolishness. Sometimes we're so used to having our own way, and God has a better way. God knows what's best for us. But sometimes we're just too stubborn to acknowledge, you know what, I'm going to keep on doing it anyway. I just, I'm just hard-headed. Well, guess what? You have what you say. You continue to be hard-headed. You be hard-headed over there. I don't want nothing. I don't want no time for ramification that you're going to be dealing with. I don't want that over here. You look at you ain't going to be contaminating my atmosphere. The devil is a lie. Mm. So with that, we want you to understand that God loves you. God is concerned about you. God has your best interest at heart. And understand whatever people have said, are done towards you, God want to heal you from that. Look, if God didn't say it, you don't have to receive it. What people have said, even what they've done, it's a choice if you want to receive that label or not. God is asking you, do you want to receive it? True enough, there may be some things that might have been hurt. There might be some hurtful words by folks. Or it might, be, might have been some words about hurtful people. You don't have to accept that. Who you are to God, but also who you are to yourself, that's what matters. What would you say to yourself? What would the, look, what would the old you say to the young you? Now, what would the young you say to the older you? Sometimes, the people that may have heard of, they know not who they who they were dealing with. They know not what they were doing. But in spite of, we're not going to wait for them to come back and apologize. How about you go in the mirror and you apologize on their behalf? 
because you're the one that needs it. Some people, some people will go to their grave before they repent, before they apologize. You don't have to wait for somebody to come back. That song says, please come back and kiss away the pain. You ain't got to wait for them to kiss away the pain. No. You go into your own mirror and you kiss your own pain. Kiss whatever label. Rip whatever label. Rip it off. And allow God to heal every wound, every scar, every scar tissue as a result of those hurtful words or labels that were placed upon you. Sometimes we get that uh, that adhesive tape off. Sometimes we may get that Band-Aid. Sometimes we may get whatever label off of us on the physical, with our physical body. Sometimes it can rip, tear off the little hair that was on our arm. Matter of fact, it might even pull off a little bit of the hair. Sometimes it may leave it a little adhesive on our skin. Those are the same things that may transpire in our emotions, the emotional side of us, the spiritual side of us. But God want to wipe away everything as if nothing was ever there before. So allow him to do that for you. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. We thank you, Lord, for your offerings. We come to you right now, God, we acknowledge your presence on today. We come to you right now, God, first of all, God, asking God to forgive us, God. There's anything that's in us unlike you, God. Forgive us and cleanse us and make us whole right now. We come to you right now, God, ask you, God, to forgive us, God, and ask you, God, you forgive us, God. Help us, God, to forgive ourselves right now, God. We thank you for your forgiveness. We receive it right now. We come to you right now, God, ask God to help us, God, to have every label that others have put upon us that was unlike you, God, that you do not authorize, God. We give you permission to peel off every label. Peel off every tag that others have put upon us, regardless of what was said or what was done right now. God, we speak right now, God, that you help us, God, to grow from this experience right now, God. And God, help us right now, God, to forgive, God. Release every hurt, release every weight, release every burden right now that the devil has tried to put upon us right now. In the name of Jesus, we bind everything the devil stands for. We counsel the devil's assignment right now. In the name of Jesus, and all we speak it right now, God. Those who may need physical healing right now, God, touch and heal their bodies right now, God. Heal their bodies from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet right now, God. Even those who may be grieving right now, God, comfort them right now, God. Be with them right now, God. God, there are some things that we just don't understand, but, God, we know that you understand right now, God. So, God, we come to you right now, God, for those who are hurting, God, those with bleeding hearts right now, God. We speaking right now, God, that you comfort them, God. Massage their heart right now, God, in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, help them, God, to make it right now, God. There are some who may feel like giving up, God. There are some who may feel like they don't know what to do. But, God, help them to hold on right now, God, to your unchanging hands right now. In the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we even speaking right now, God. As the students, God, get ready to go back to school. Even the staff members, God, even the teachers, God, even the janitors, even the principals, even the assistant principals, even the counselors right now, God, we speak, God, that you bring protection right now, God, upon all campuses right now, God, in the name of Jesus, professors right now, God, medical staff right now, God, even uh, youth action 
people right now, God, the law enforcement side right now, God. God, help us, God, to be prepared right now, God. Help us, God, to be alert right now, God. Help us, God, to not be naive right now, God, and walk in ignorance right now in everything right now, God. Help us, God, to be uh, protectors right now, God. God, help us, God, right now, God. Help us, God to be protected right now, God. Not just by you, God, but even implement things, God, never prevent harm, danger, mass shootings, all these things right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we speak right now, God, that you counsel every assignment that the devil try to put forth or that he try to implement right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we speak right now, God, that those people who may be plotting evil, God, we speak, God, that you intervene right now, God. Minister to their mind, God. Bring deliverance right now, God, to their minds right now, God. Give them that word right now, God, and soften their heart, God. Touch their minds right now, God. Help them to understand, God, whatever cause that they feel like they're doing it for, it ain't of you right now, God. So help them to understand, God, that it's not healthy to do harm to others right now, God. Help them, uh, have them, have them to have that sense of compassion right now, God. In the name of Jesus, and we thank you all for a successful year right now, God. We even speaking, God, for the class of 2023, God. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to make it right now, God. Help them right now, God, to make it, God, and launch upon, launch upon, God, their purpose, God. To seek you right now, God, to seek you, God, and consult you in every area of their lives right now. In the name of Jesus, and we thank you right now, God, for everything you've done, everything you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I thank you, thank you, thank you for um, tuning in. If you all have any questions, comments, or if you want to reach me, feel free to contact me on Brother Prater. You can catch me on Facebook, Brother Prater. Uh, you can see me on Facebook. You can see my daily devotions, also my videos. Also, you can go to my website at www.brotherprater.com. You can see my daily devotions and my videos, also my personal appearances, my calendar, which uh, actually this coming Saturday, yeah, this coming Saturday, I will be in Round Rock Lake, excuse me, Round Rock, Texas, I'll be in Round Rock, Texas. Matter of fact, going to my calendar right now, I'll be in Round Rock, Texas, uh, at the Hadpot Bookstore in Round Rock, Texas. Um, yeah, Round Rock, Texas. Uh, mm-hmm. The address is 2601 South Interstate Highway, Frontier Road. Round Rock, Texas, as Interstate Highway 35. Uh, Interstate Highway 35, Frontier Road, Round Rock, Texas, 78664. I will be there from 12 to 5, partnering up with uh, Headpipe Bookstore and um, kind of doing a miniature tour. So this coming Saturday, I'll be in Round Rock, Texas, and then... Uh, I'll be in Round Rock, Texas, and uh, and then on the 27th, I will be where I'll be at. I will be in Arlington, Texas. I'll be in Arlington, Texas, so I'll tell y'all the address to that on next Sunday. I'll be in Arlington, Texas, from one to three 
Arlington, Texas, on the 27th. And then, like I said, also this coming Sunday on the 13th, I'll be in Round Rock, Texas at the Half-Pipe Bookstore. And so thank God for everything he's doing. Uh, also, while you're on my uh, website, excuse me, uh, you can go to my store section where you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path of God of Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to inform uh, men their responsibilities and their need, their importance in their, in their family. Um, also telling them how to deal with not just the children, but also the children's mother, regardless if they're with them or not. But also this is for women, too. This is for women to talk to them about uh, their importance of, the importance of choosing quality men, what a good man, what a not good man, and also potential future father for present or future children. Also, this, uh, this book is a tribute to my sister, uh, the girl who was her brother's keeper. Love Beyond Life. This is a tribute to my sister where we talk about our lives together. And, um, you know, that was, that was my homegirl. That was, that, was, that was not just my sister. That was my friend. That was, that was my buddy. That was my buddy right there. And um, even though she's no longer with us, but I thank God for me being me being able to have such a awesome and And like I said, uh, we were truly, truly friends. And um, how we would interact. On Facebook, that's how we were in person. And um, I, I'm honored. You know, like I said, I, I miss her dearly. And people don't understand, unless you've had a close sibling, anybody can lose a sibling, and that's unfortunate. But when you have a bond with someone, you have a bond with one of, you know, um, one day I, I, I may, you know, stress the story. But um, this is a lifelong journey that uh, God is going to help us. Uh, not just myself, but my family, those who were connected, those who were affected by her passing, especially the way she passed, praying for them. And so with that being said, I thank each and every one who are tuned in, and I thank y'all for your love and support. And thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart podcast. God bless you, and 